0: Welcome to the Data Strategy Gurus podcast. In this show, we bring together the brightest minds in the world of data strategy, data management, artificial intelligence, and disruptive technologies. Thought leaders and experts share their insights, knowledge, and experience on how to stay ahead of the game in an ever-evolving data landscape. Whether you're a data professional, a business leader, or simply someone who is passionate about the power of data, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and join us on a journey to explore the world of data, analytics, artificial intelligence, tech, and beyond. Hi, and welcome to the Data Strategy Guru's podcast.
1: Once again, we're at the Click World Conference in Las Vegas, and we're joined by Kevin Ryan, who's the Director of Business Intelligence of Walter Kluher. Uh Kevin, can you explain uh, Director of Business Intelligence? Sure. What you are doing at Walter Kluger? Sure.
2: My job is um, sort of two, two main priorities. One is to be... Um, take advantage of, in an ad hoc fashion, any question that might come to my team related to sales, uh, marketing, product uh, development, um, basically get like an order taker. So if someone has a question about um, turnover or question about finances, they come to my team and we process those requests. That's about half of the work that we do. The other half is much more strategic in nature and that involves, me and my team helping to design and implement a data strategy that that exists that can survive and be um, pragmatic across um, all of the divisions within walters clipper so um one's sort of very tactical very tactical and the other one is more more strategic in nature
1: yeah i'm interested in in the technical part where we say we get these ad hoc questions Mm -hmm and sometimes you get the same question five times again, and you're trying sure. to do the self-service sure. business intelligence. Yeah. So how do you take these type of questions and can keep up to the speed of, of the questions that are coming right. in? Yeah, I mean, in, in a practical sense, um,
2: you can't necessarily engineer an automated solution for everything, so that does, that, that's a reality. Um, but I will say that when we do start clustering i suppose um, requests that come into my team that seem to be you know fairly repetitive that's when we start automating that's when we start really trying to push um push the analyst out from my team and more into um into our stakeholder organizations and that really is the philosophy that we're trying to implement around um Run the citizen analyst. Really, mm-hmm. if, if if BI is centralized, it's my opinion that it's it's difficult scaling out to really uh, um, accommodate the strategic needs of a whole organization. So um, whether that's technology or with process or training of individuals, it, um, it's something that we've tried very hard on my team to start implementing. And it's been quite successful.
1: Um, yeah, so you start in a central way, capturing the questions, and when you're looking into scaling that one, you you take that at Kuhlman with the business analyst and put Correct. that because you had the is a while yep. ago, people have been trying to centralize, decentralize all yeah. these motions and yeah. nothing seemed to work in a certain Correct. way. For Correct. For some organizations, the BICC did work because you have centralized the knowledge on, on how you set everything up on a technical level, but as well on the company uh, industry level. Absolutely. No. And I think that that centralization
2: versus non-centralization, you know, I think that it's, it gets to, you know, uh, one of the real struggles that I do have in around culture. Um, And that right now, the culture of my organization is that um, analytics questions can be centralized. And there, a lot of the uh, resistance that I find in my job, it's around creating that culture where folks are more curious about accessing data, answering their own questions, providing insights, and then the inherent learning that happens when you self-discover a, a problem in the data or you find something in the data that is yeah. inherently yours um, the momentum that that brings to to any individual or organization is, is really impressive
1: yeah and interesting point uh, the the data culture as we mm-hmm. these days call it uh, what what are you trying to set up to to create that real data right. culture where there is no people look at it? oh data data oh technology and yeah. they kind of get get afraid of of get doing yeah. something with the data and really getting the value out of that.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't remember the guy's name. He's a, he's
1: a social influencer, but he draws this,
2: he has this anecdote about um, dissemination of information. Um, and what I have found is that putting things out there, letting people volunteer to be, uh, you know, I want to learn more about data and analytics. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm a classic marketer. Or I, you know, I'm in. I've been doing the same sales job for for a very long time. Asking people to raise their hand. Who wants to learn a little yeah. bit about SQL? Who wants to learn a little bit about you know how we onboard data sources? How do we then visualize data? Um, getting those early adopters, getting yeah. them bought into that culture, then they sort of, um, I don't know. It's something that I've just found to be, you know, it's starting to work well because eventually that momentum. Reaches a tipping point that that I'm hoping. Um, yeah, it'd, it'd be much easier to change a culture than 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 mm-hmm. um, you know than from from scratch. So we're close, we're
1: getting there. We're yeah, getting you're there. trying to find your champions within within yeah. the company in the business side. If well, yeah. it's always it's one company for me. Always a yeah. uh, business IT uh, try to not yeah. do that separation and then uh, try to find these people and, yeah. and help them in. in getting those 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 skills then. Yeah, at one point though, champions from my experience it usually involves a vice
2: president or, or some you know somewhere with some kind of stature in their name. And the reality is that those people might support it but to, to really build to change a culture you need to get people you know analysts level, manager level um employees that can get in with get in with data answer their own questions. Yeah. And that's how you really change that culture and slowly but surely it's 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 been working out.
1: Yeah, and then you said as well the the strategic level. What 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 you right? You're right. So
2: so that is less stakeholder um, driven and more around um, the hard problem after next. So right now, what we're trying to do, for example, is you know, no one. None of my stakeholders is asking for um, segmentation based in customer lifetime value, for example. Okay. Um, yep. But but um, it's an idea that we're working on, such that over the course when when the request comes from a stakeholder, the hard work's already done. So we're sort of like trying to foresee yeah, the next. Yeah. Um, and it's just you know a lot of my job is engaging with stakeholders and understanding, and what I'm hearing now is that you know revenue might not be the best metric to be evaluating. Um, a customer relationship? Are there ways to do differentiated treatment from yeah. a customer experience perspective, from a, uh, a marketing perspective? Um, so what that leads to in my mind is, you know, understanding, putting, being able to put, uh, you know, a, a, a metric on a specific customer and their, all their relationships and have that, be able to differentiate how you treat that customer relative to other customers. So it's not being asked for right now, but that's that's a lot of what we're trying to do is push um, push, push the organization in areas where really advanced metrics and, and capabilities can answer hard questions that are coming yeah. down the pipe.
1: So you're educating them. Well, educating is a hard word always, but sure. to, to help them understand what you can do with data. For right. me, it's kind of strange that, that a marketeer wouldn't know anything about customer lifetime value. But mm-hmm. what, you, what you're saying it is exactly like that. So I, sometimes it's a bit strange that the people from the tech side know more about that and, and can help them in such a way. Yeah,
2: I, I, think I, I think what it is really is about understanding, like if you've got a set of data and it, it contains usage data for a particular customer, um, you know, a stakeholder might look at that and, and be able to say, oh, that's interesting. That, that tells me what, what just happened what just happened in the last quarter or the last month where someone with understanding of technology can say, can look at that and say we can pull in other variables around retention. And Mm -hmm. now we can do things like predicting um, a customer's decision to retain or not retain based on a particular data signature in their usage or things like that. And that's, so that's how the kind of, um, you know, the technology, the technologists understanding our data kind of coordinate with our, with our stakeholders to come up with some, some interesting analytical yeah. solutions.
1: So yeah, they, they do understand what you can bring together. And that's not necessarily known by the people. Correct, using the data. correct.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's, um, it's just understanding, you know, really, you know, on a, on a time-based perspective, can you help me understand about the past or can you help me predict things about the future? And that's really what I'm trying to push towards is data is. Obviously it you know interesting being retrospective, but there's a ton of power yeah. in prospective and, and being able to be predictive. Um and we're a B2B um firm, so it's a lot of the traditional playbooks kind of lack that idea of churn, the idea of cross you know, cross-selling and upselling. But um it, it really is it's just it's the same math. And if you have the data, you can you can <laughs> answer the same types of problems. And then again, it's about Getting a culture to adopt those those recommendations and change for the better.
1: Yeah, you mean you mean in B two B, it's not the same when you talk about churn and, and, and everything. Correct. In B two C, it's it's very prominent to do cross selling, upselling. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's it's
1: you know for, you know it a subscription business, a monthly
2: subscription business like Netflix, something like that. They might have something like four percent per month where they have to they're, they're constant. So it's constant constant um problem our business is you know we retain we retain 90 plus percent per year so there's not the pressing imperative that's sort of built into your business where you need to uh, but it's obviously it's the retaining customers is the cheapest way to do to do marketing to grow your yeah. your footprint and things like that so yeah it, um it it's it's amenable it's amenable to to uh, all the great tricks of the trade
1: uh, that yeah. that
2: exist in B2C uh you know BI shots and things like that.
1: so... <laughs> yeah, and your well, business intelligence. It feels like, hey, this is from ages ago. Uh, what, are you looking at the artificial intelligence to to apply that in in your B two B space and uh, at Walter's? Yeah, I mean, so look, it.
2: I have a pretty high threshold for what I would consider AI to be, um, and I think for me, it's <laughs> mostly around. Um, a self-learning component, right? So being able to put, let's say a decision engine out into the market and have the decision, you know, engine surface recommendations for customers and then learn from when a, a recommendation was adopted or not. Um, so we are scratching the surface around that, I would say. Um, but, you know, AI more so in, you know, finding... Taking an entire corpus of data from um, you know a uh, uh, our customer service agents and mm-hmm. and putting that through a natural language processor to being able to tell you know to really thin out the thematics uh that yeah. th- that are existing and then you know applying met metadata to that and, and being able to analyze that that's that's I'd say the extent of the um the AI that we're we're going for but you know definitely trying to be um, prescriptive in, in anything that we do. So, finding out a customer that we have we've, uh, we have models called uh, Red Alert models, which it's um, it's a data driven approach to proactively letting a sales rep know that they might have an issue. Is that AI? I don't know. It it, it it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's an evaluation of data, and they're making a recommendation and learning from that. So yeah,
1: it's statistics, and on the next level, it's AI. It's a model, and then you have your self learning models, yes. like you yes. say. It's 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 a thin line. I, I agree with you where you say, very often people shout out it's AI, but it's kind of automated decision agent. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have
2: I have the utmost respect for folks that uh, are actually building. AI engines and and so I I tend to be a little bit conservative of <laughs> applying, applying the label.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm following what you're saying. So I just sometimes challenge as well. Okay, AI, you know, just show me and, and what are you doing? Sure. So in in that respect and in, in, in business intelligence solutions and especially in AI, where they think it's 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 smart enough for for itself, it comes down to the data. What what are the type type of data problems what you're facing on on data quality level? Because AI is gonna be very helpful in 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 supporting the data quality uh for toolings yeah not where we are just discussing ai at the end of the loop yeah. i look at it to help in the data management as well
2: no i i think that there's you know and i i haven't seen a lot of so so whenever you do when you whenever you roll up your sleeves and you do kind of um Programmatically trying to cleanse data, right? There's inherently a, a threshold with which you're willing to um, say, um, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crank up the interpretation of of this algorithm. It's gonna change my data, and it might make some change in the data that I'm not gonna be able to find." But the balance of of, of using a, an intelligent approach to a problem with data quality, um, so. In that regard, I think that there's a tremendous amount of potential for AI in data quality, where it can sort of learn from you know an, an, an a, a data set and make those modifications that need to be made um, on a small scale. Um, we're fortunate enough that you know the data problems that we have are around, um, frankly, classical organization of silos around how do you how do you what do you um, you know how do you define Sure. How do you define retention, one business to another? When is a customer um, in that window of being uh, a retention risk? Um, and those are easier problems to have, but mm-hmm. you can't throw it. Uh, you can't throw technology at them. Yeah.
1: No, it's really the semantical meaning of, you say, of, yeah. of of your KPI of of what, yeah. what churn means. Uh, yeah. And do you use a kind of framework for that, or anything that helps in getting that that, that right? So I mean, we so it, we take two approaches. Um, one. And, and really
2: anything related to changing the, the data strategy of our organization. Um, we tend to go top-down and set up um, just committees of, you know, how, how are we gonna define a customer? How are we gonna, who's gonna be responsible for making the changes? But then the other part that we do is, um, again, that sort of grassroots, decentralized approach is we're creating a lot of pilots where, specifically around data quality and data stewardship, where, you know, those decisions where you can't have, you know, an elegant AI um, driven solution to data quality, you can outsource it to your business analysts and have them and bring them into the fold of, of data quality, you know, and making it more of a team sport. We've done a lot of work in that regard with our, with our partners at Talent um, around, you know, using their, e- their kind of non-code based, drag and drop based solutions mm-hmm. to quality to be able to do you know outsourcing some of the stuff to to stakeholders because that to me is is a concern and and that um, you know to scale to scale my organization or the data strategy across mm-hmm. the whole division um, it's going to need this, the the amount of people that you have to do it is going to stay lean and it's going to have to be a very efficient and it's going to have to rely on on stakeholders to participate, because, you know, doubling the data responsibilities of a BI of a yeah, team, you know, uh, it's uh, difficult to then, to, to then say, well, I need you to double the size of my team as well. So we're sort of preparing for that. Yeah, well. just
1: to fix the data quality issues, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you're using Talent already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're using ClickView. What do you think about now they're coming together um, Will that make your life easier? Uh, promising
2: so, things. What I love about ClickView and, and and talent, it's to do. So I'm I'm essentially trying to build a data strategy for an entire help help build a, a data strategy for a, an entire enterprise. Mm-hmm. ClickView is an amazing product because it allows you to make a quick buy versus build decision. You know, if you have several different data sources and you just need BI out of the box, mm-hmm. they, are there for, they are there to support those organizations. And I think that it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant model to follow um, because at the end of the day, like once data is in a lake or a warehouse, it's agnostic technology, right? So yeah. how it got yeah. from a source system into a data warehouse, Click Talent, uh, Power BI, Azure—you know, writing writing custom scripts in Python—it it doesn't really matter. But once it's there, and it's well documented, that's so that to me is is really where there's a cool place for a company like Click to exist right now. Because I think that's the there's tons of, of tons of um, directors of BI like me out there that are. Struggling with, you know, FTP sites and struggling with email attachments and things like that. You know, <laughs> you know they're not yeah. they're not massive, you know, Fortune fifty, Fortune five hundred companies, but they're of scale that they have data. Yeah, and that's where Slick is is a fantastic. Just walking around the floor and seeing some of the demos that they have right out of the box. That's the that's the brilliance of their of their positioning. I think.
1: Yeah, and I see the partnership. What they have, uh, I I saw some some some. Partners as well doing version control yeah. on ClickView as well on Cognos and Power BI, yeah. and then you think, yeah, they 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 know what is missing, but that is tackled by the partnerships.
2: No, it is, it really is, and and I think that, you know, I there wasn't companies like Click didn't exist when I started my career where you could just say just get procure the, procure some funds, you know write the check for the software a little bit of the services and you could be up and running with visualizations in a matter of weeks yeah it's just that that to me is a is a very cool very cool differentiator i think for um for lots of
0: different
1: organizations out there um, for sure yeah great one um kevin besides data music connects us as well what is your uh, favorite type of music or band um
2: so that's a very, very big question. Um, you know, I think right now I'm listening to a lot of um, Grateful Dead, I'm listening to a lot of Dead & Company, I'm trying to decide whether to go see Dead & Company in Philadelphia Thanks. in June. Um, but I I run the gamut. We listen to hip hop in my house, we listen to okay. classic rock, um, you know, we listen to, you know, uh, dance, you know, you name it. We're really, but right now, have a rotation with Grateful Dead and Dead and & Company, yeah.
1: I'd say. Okay, great one. Kevin, it was nice talking to you. Very nice Thanks talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thank, thank you um, very much. Thank you very
0: much. All right. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this awesome podcast. As senior executives, data and analytics architects, and AI professionals, your time is valuable and we appreciate you choosing to hang out with us. If you liked what you heard, please give us a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and leave a comment. We love hearing from our audience. Don't forget to spread the word on social media, and let's continue to drive innovation in the industry together. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.